0: Welcome to the, I say all that to say this podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Before we get to that, we'd like to tell you about those that make this podcast
1: possible. Let me tell you about our friends over at Sovereign Financial. Mike Cuckle and Will Hines are incredibly gifted at taking care of you and your investments. They are both good friends of mine, and I trust them with my family's future. They not only focus on your ROI, but they also do in-depth research and investigation so you can rest assured that you are only investing in like-minded companies. They call it biblically responsible investing. You can reach out to them at SovereignFIN.com to make an appointment. Again, that's sovereignfin com to make an appointment and if you tell them you heard about them on the podcast they will also give you a free portfolio review and consultation
2: welcome to the i say all that
0: to
1: say this podcast
2: an outreach of impact sports international
1: we seek to
0: use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach the lost and the forgotten. forgotten whether that is
3: just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world here is your host here's your host here's your host here's your
1: host john andrews Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That To Say This podcast. I'm your host, John Andrews. We just returned from a trip last week from the Middle East, and it has become our tradition since we started traveling post-COVID and had this podcast running. Today, you're going to hear from those guys that went, what they experienced, and what God did in their lives. But first, I want to draw a picture for you. We took 11 folks with us. Only four of those had been to this location before, four of those were on their first mission trip ever, and we were all coming together from five different cities from four different states. Ages ranged from 18 to 50, some had coached basketball at high levels, and some had never coached basketball at all. I was the only person who knew everyone else on the team, but admittedly, I'd only had a few isolated conversations before the trip with some of those on our team. And even some others I had known about for years, but hadn't really developed a relationship with them beyond our mutual friends. So we had a hodgepodge group of folks that didn't know each other. Some met in the airports along the way, all trying to come together to use basketball as a way to shine a light in a very dark place. I could share with you story after story and many details as I do along the way, but you'd probably walk away from this episode just thinking, oh, that's John's job. That's what he does. He tells us all about the good things that happened. So that's why I want you to hear from them. I want you to hear about their experiences. I want you to hear about what God showed them, what God opened their eyes to. They tell the story better than I. So, our first guest is Landon. Landon has been on several trips with us before. Uh, He actually has been to this location before. Uh, So, he's got a frame of reference um, when it comes to these trips. So, Landon, I want to ask you this question first. How did this trip measure up to trips that you've been on in the past?
0: Mm. I mean, I would say the way that this measured up was it was different than any of the other trips we've ever been on, or at least that I've been on with Impact, namely because we did way more ministry on this trip that I've ever seen done on our trips. Hmm. Um, usually, which I think the majority of our listeners know, you know, when we go on these trips, we go to come alongside um, the, the missionaries who are there. We come alongside the partners who are, you know, overseas at these closed countries to, um, you know, give them more legitimacy for what they do to affirm more like their image, affirm, you know, what they're, um, what their platform is because right. right wrong or indifferent having Americans come to teach American sports speaks volumes to um, the cities and the countries that and the governments that we go to so yeah. um, I with that being the case you know all the times a lot of I say a lot of times like there there's been many times where we've shared the gospel on, on these trips but when like hands-on ministry um, discipleship like, Man, I, I've, I've never seen anything like what hmm. I saw on this trip. Yeah. And so that that would be the part that I would say was was very different but
1: incredible. Okay, so as we talk with the rest of the team, we're going to hear their different experiences. And so uh, you had a different experience on this trip than you had in the past, and you talked about hands-on ministry. What do you mean by that? What did you see? Uh,
0: well, for the listeners, they can't really see me right now, but I'm, I'm I tore my ACL two weeks before we left. So um, there was this was different than all the other ones. I love I love the game of basketball. I, I've always played it. I've always been around it. And every time we go on these trips, I'm looking forward to playing the game, to coaching, and then from that getting to um, build relationships with with the with the players and the coaches, and then seeing what happens after that. This time I didn't have that. I didn't mm-hmm. get to play. Um, there was one point, one of the early nights, whenever the majority of our team went to the side and started playing, pick up with, you know, a lot of these, um, people, um, who we were working with and I I didn't get to do that. And so, you know, they, they all do that. I'm like, well, I can't do that. So I guess I'll just, uh, hang out and connect. And so I did that and that was great opportunity, but, um, it was, it was different because I was dealing with, with something different. I was dealing with, you know, less mobility. I was dealing with, um, just a different side of ministry than I've ever seen before. Mm. So, uh, man, the way that I would answer that question would be when it comes to the hands-on ministry, we got to—on uh, one of the nights, you know, we, we uh, went up to the organization kind of headquarters that we were working with. Mm-hmm. And we we entered into that time wanting to walk the leaders because there were some leaders in that organization who actually followed the Lord, and so right. we entered that time wanting to um,
1: teach them. And, a, and let me stop you there, just to paint the picture for everybody listening. The or the our, our mission partner that we were have been working with for the last several years, he has a group of volunteers uh, that work with him and help him run his organization, and. <clears throat> out of a hundred plus volunteers he has probably only close to a dozen to 15 of those actually yeah. have a relationship with Jesus right okay go ahead
0: yeah and so we we went up we went to that night wanting to pour into those 12 to 15 volunteers and we we approached it saying hey we know that each one's given spiritual gifts we'll let them do a spiritual gifts test that's something you walk them through taught them say hey this is this is kind of what this means. And then once they took that test, we kind of uh, went into four separate groups where we, each one of those leaders, determine, depending on which gifts they were given, they would th- then go to the groups. Mm-hmm. And there would be two to three of our leaders on our team who would you know, walk them through what these gifts meant, what that looked like for their lives, and just kind of have conversation to love on them, pour into them. And so that was kind of what we approached that night, expecting it to be and and i am i said you know I, i'm i'm saying all of this mm-hmm. to to get somewhere to eventually answer your question at the beginning of how this was different and what hands on ministry we did um but but so we we went to the four separate groups now as many of our listeners probably know the spiritual gifts range from um you know exhortation to gifts of to to giving to mercy to wisdom to knowledge to shepherding to teaching and and there's you know almost a dozen more and so the four separate groups were separated by. Um, there was the intellectual, uh, so there was the gifts of uh, the gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge. Then you had the next group, which was um, the heartfelt group. So that was gifts of mercy. Um, heartfelt gifts like that. The next one was missions groups. So that had to do with evangelism that had to do with like, I think exhortation was in that. And then the, the last one was the gifts of like the upfront gifts. And mm-hmm. so that was teaching shepherding um, and leadership. And of all the, um, of all the, uh, groups that we had, they were great groups, and so we got to do that. But man, that night turned into uh, from it just being a time to you know show up and pour into them and love on them. It it ended up being a night of worship. Man, mm. we showed up and we got to. We started off tr- thinking we were just there to to teach them what spiritual gifts meant, but that it turned into a night where we got to share the gospel to them. It turned into a night where we got to pray over them. We sang beside one another like it was mm. it was powerful because we showed up. Expecting it to be something, the Holy Spirit has something way more massive um, and deep in store. Yeah, uh, and we don't, you know, have time to really walk through every right. moment of that night, but just, man, just, I, I, am saying that so that our listeners would 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 know that like the hands-on ministry here. Um, that trip was just it was it was unlike anything I've ever seen Hmm. overseas and it was something that I do believe is not for us to hey we just showed up told them a couple words and then left like there actually was man life changing there there was direction given there was wisdom given guidance given um and relationships built man because I think a lot of times people think when it comes to short-term missions man you're just showing up doing some good and then leaving doesn't really matter Um, it, it matters. It always matters, but especially with what happened, man, just in that night alone, um, I think it's going to echo
1: into eternity. I fully Mm. believe that. I I was telling somebody, retelling that story to somebody after we get, because when we get back, people, how was the trip? What, tell me, give me a few highlights. And I missed so many details. Like I wasn't even able to say so much of what happened. You know know. what I'm saying? And that's, that's unfortunate, but we've got to hear from some other team members. Right. You're being considerate of them. Shout out to Bryson, baby. Let's go. Uh, so, uh, I was retelling that story you just told with uh, somebody just this morning, and um, and, and I told him we, we, you know, they were they were praying in Arabic. Yeah, we were praying in English. We were praying for them. They were praying for us. They were praying with each other. Yeah, and it just so happened this office was a pretty small room, pretty small office. And it just so happened that it was on the second floor and had some some windows that overlooked the street yeah. outside. And I I told that person this morning that it almost had an upper room yeah. uh, kind of feel to it because there was no doubt the Holy Spirit was there. He was moving. It was powerful, uh, speaking in other languages. Um, it was just a a, a special yeah. a special moment. And as many trips as I've done, one of only a handful of times where I've been a part of something like that. Yeah. So. Uh, I want to appreciate. I, I want to thank you for your willingness to go, and all that goes into uh, going on a trip. Um, you know, taking the time off work, taking the time to raise the money, all that, all that that entails. Sure. But, um, but your obedience, and even your obedience in your weakness, and admittedly, you would not have preferred to be uh, in a knee brace. Uh, yeah. the entire week you would not have preferred to be on the sideline sure. the entire week but as the week went on I saw you have more and more opportunities on the sideline yeah. that you would have never had before and uh just see it's just a picture of how God can use whatever we have right. you know and and I know that there was probably some some times of frustration before you got there maybe even the first couple of days after being there you couldn't do some things that you wanted to do but you were still willing to be used, and God used you in, a, in an incredible way. So I want to thank you for that.
0: Man, I, I the one thing I'd say to that is, you know, I, I think a lot of people, when, when they heard I was still going to the trip because the ACL tear happened less than two weeks before we left. Yeah, And when they heard that I was going on the trip, they're like, man, how, how disappointed are you? How how upset are you? Like, are you – a lot of people were like, man, I can't believe you've been going. And I, I didn't tell them this because I, I didn't have time to, like, really get into the nitty and gritty of this, but, like – Honestly, I wasn't disappointed because, yeah. you know, when I when I came on this trip, you know, I, I could have been upset and thrown my arm thrown my arms up and just said, like, you know what, I'm not going, I'm not going to do this stuff, but like, man, I, I just I just prayed in the days leading up to this trip, like, what an opportunity to see a different side of ministry and mission than I've ever seen before. Hmm. And that the Lord would show me a different side of him than I've ever seen before. And I mean, if 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 people were able to see that, you know, trip um, summary of what the Lord did, um, kind of in my life, confirming in my life, they they would know that man. I saw I I, I saw something different, yeah. um, a different side of Him and a different side of ministry that I've ever seen before. It changed my life, mm.
1: yet again, as, yeah. as all these trips t- t- tend <laughs> to do. Well, uh, again, thank you for your willingness to go and willingness to serve, no matter what that looks like. It's a, it's my privilege. Not I'm now here with Eric. Uh, Eric has uh, is in ministry uh, here in the States, but this was his first um, overseas mission project. And so, Eric, first of all, I want to ask you uh, a question that's specific to you because mm-hmm. um, we have some other guys that have been involved in ministry or are involved in ministry back home, but they've been on trips with us before. So this being your first overseas trip and being in ministry for a couple of years uh, here locally what's the difference? Uh, What did you see was different in leading your youth group here uh, Mm -hmm. and being involved in a, in a on-site church ministry, as opposed to something that we saw uh, and experienced last week in the Middle East?
4: Yeah. So um, I will speak with probably on behalf of other youth pastors and other pastors is you have to be very consistent and very have a planned out schedule for your ministry, for, um, make meetings, for worship, like some, everything has to be planned out and schedule adjusted. But when we're, we're with our global, um, mission partners, you know, we it's, it's free flow. You, you have to go, (laughs) you got to go wherever, um,
1: are you saying that things things didn't go according to plan last week?
4: It, It went according to plan. It's not according to the plan that you would think. You and have out. It wasn't
1: yeah. according to our plan.
4: It wasn't according to our plan, yeah. but like, yeah. but being very flexible and being very willing is something that, um, I think we we don't take for granted here. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think I'd be one of the first people to admit that whenever something doesn't go according to plan, when I'm leading a youth worship set, I'm setting, and it doesn't go according to plan, I get a little little salty, a little. Yeah. Pride comes in I'm like, man, I had it all right in my head. And versus over here, I'm like, no, this is how it, how it goes. You know, like you just got to adjust and you can't, you can't be a stink I that's mean, something I realized that I have to work on here more, but like was able to be grateful when we we're overseas.
1: Yeah. Uh, what did you, what did you experience? See, feel, sense, whatever, um, uh, however you want to fill that in, uh, on this trip, that you did not expect,
4: I think I didn't expect the. Or let me phrase that. I I I was praying for a heart, um, a heart just for overseas, and, um, just understanding more of like the global part of of God's mission of right. work, um, for everything. And I think just me wanting to be part of that mission more on part because, like you know, I this is the first time going out. I got, I'm going overseas and doing something like this. And it was like, it just, it was everything I, I wanted, but even more, like I wanted to continue to do this. I wanted to further do this. And like um, my mom's have, my mom's Hispanic. So like I've been like to her home country on vacation and, um and like already experienced like that cultural um exchange. Yeah, And so, but like just knowing like I never I thought it was just like a thing I grew up wanting to do. Um wanting to do it now It's like I'm older, I'm wiser. I really this is really what this has been instilled before I even knew mm. what like what I wanted to do for my life, you know.
1: Right. Hmm. Well, uh what was the um for you, uh what was the highlight of the trip?
4: The highlight of the trip is just just meeting meeting people hmm. you know meeting, just meeting understanding who they are um understanding the the food you know yeah. the food um, my son so messed up I don't know about you but my son so messed up but I but the food is so great and just knowing the history I think mean, I'm I'm not a huge history person but just knowing the cultural context of where we were is just yeah. awesome knowing that that, that is, that rhythm, the heartbeat of life and just being a part of it and living, walking in it, it was just really cool. It's just, you know, like, it's very welcoming without, um, versus what I expected, I guess.
1: Hmm. That's good. That's good. All right. So let me ask you this last question. Uh, you left the U S as a youth pastor, Mm -hmm. uh, you were coming back home as a youth pastor but are you different now than when you left? And if so, how?
4: Yes, I'm different now at before I left. And the reason why I know I'm different now before I left is the, the emphasis of sharing the gospel is more higher in my eyes than ever has been before. Mm. It's because the lostness is so much more real, you know, yeah. like. I mean, there's losses in where 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 I'm at, you know. Mm-hmm. There's losses in the ministry I'm at. There's losses in families, but like the but like there's a um, a mindset thing, like oh, they, they eventually like they may come, like they would know, know they would know because they've heard of of that truth or they heard of something. This is like completely like oh, they 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 don't they haven't even heard it at yeah. all. Um, I haven't heard the whole thing. Like the, is that like that lostness of like, oh, you've heard pieces here, but there's like I haven't heard that at all. I was like, oh, like diamond, like a little bit. And it's like yeah. nope. And like it's just is it, what it, like it bewilders me. So like mm-hmm. I I I come back as a youth pastor with like knowing that you know, does there's not whatever I whenever I communicate in teaching or preaching literally the emphasis of sharing the gospel is really high. That's great. It's more higher than I thought it was going to be. And like you meant like every passage and like maybe a sentence, but like sharing that is so much higher and so much mm-hmm. more needed on both a believer and non-believer stance.
1: Yeah. Well, I love that. That's one of our, our passions uh, in our ministry is not only to point people to Jesus, but also bring people along in their journey with Jesus And to make them better in the ministry that God's given them, whether that's a a literal, what we would consider a full-time ministry position as a youth pastor or a teacher or a co-worker or whatever it might be, a parent, anything. And uh, that's what you're describing. So, Eric, I want to thank you for being willing to step out and do something that maybe you felt a little uncomfortable doing, uh, Mm -hmm. doing something for the first time. And I hope your stomach settles down here pretty quick. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Eric. No problem. Next, we have Ben with us. Uh, Ben has also been on several trips uh, with us before. Uh, First time to the Middle East, though, most of his trips have been to East and Southeast Asia. Uh, So, first of all, let me ask you how did this trip compare to trips that you've been on in the past? It's
5: definitely different. Uh, One, I'm older. Um, I'm married, I have a son now, um, more mature in my walk with Christ, um, taking more of a leadership role. Um, So I I would start there, um, but also just uh, we were doing more clinics from a basketball standpoint. It wasn't much of playing. It was not only leading our team, but also leading uh, these different clinics.
1: Okay. So what did you see? Uh, And or experience on this trip that resonated with you, that stuck out to you, that you brought home with you?
5: One of the first things that stuck out to me when we landed in the Middle East was just how much of a go, go, go society this was. Um, And then throughout the week, as we continue to meet people and build relationships, um, just their thought process of what makes them good um, their works, whether they're good outweighs their bad, um, how you how you qualify that, you know what makes sense. Um, that was one of the things that really stuck out to me um, personally and encouraged me in my faith because I'm not I don't have this checklist of good and bad. It's I'm saved through Jesus. Um, he works through me and because of that, um, I don't have to worry about those things.
1: Yeah. Well, in comparing their culture, And ours, Um, I think the idea of working your way into heaven Mm. um, is not a foreign concept in either place. Right? Um, We have multitudes of people in our country that misunderstand that concept. Uh, You ask people why, if they're a Christian, yes, if they are going to heaven, yes, then you ask them why. I said, "Well, I'm a good person, right?" Right? It's the same thing. Uh, It's just. uh, a little bit more ingrained, maybe there, because their religion is their culture, and mm-hmm. um, consumes their culture. Religion is a part of our culture here, and obviously it's stronger in different places in the country, different regions. But there, their culture is their religion. Um, in fact, if you they they are they stamp their birth certificates based on who their parents are as to what religion they belong to, so it's more of an identity um and a status than it is anything else. Um what what stood out to you the most? What give me one uh moment on the trip that moved you, impacted you the most, that um that taught you the most, that God opened your eyes to the most, whatever it might be.
5: There was one night in particular that we gathered with the team we were partnering with there. Um and we were In small groups, we were discussing spiritual gifts and we took a test. And from that test, you have, you know, a top two or three. And we gathered from those two or three into different small groups and to be able to share with two or three people more intently about what those gifts meant, um, the strengths and weaknesses. I think some of the people in my group and me, me as well, um, we tend to put our strengths in a box or put our weaknesses in a box, and that's not what God has, God has called us to do. To So to be able to encourage them, um, and for them to encourage me, and then after that, get into a, a group, a big group collectively, and kind of hear the different stories of uh, what people were sharing. Um, and then ultimately, uh, there's a story where one of our team members was sharing the gospel, presenting it in a way that was understandable and very simple. Um, and then... When we got back uh, as a main group, uh, he was able to share it to the large, you know, 20 or 25 people in the room. And for um, it to be translated in Arabic was the first time for me um, to obviously hear, you know, I don't know what he's saying in Arabic, but I just know that there's power in it because Mm. the gospel is being presented. Yeah. Um, And that's probably one of the top two or three moments, just being in the room, the gospel is being presented um, in English. And then, you know, when you're translating something, you can't you can't get too far ahead, so you have to say maybe one or two sentences. So to go back and forth between English and Arabic and know that the gospel is being presented was a super powerful moment. Hmm.
1: Well, uh, Ben, I appreciate your your obedience and going, and uh, how God is using you and growing you, and uh, pray that this is just the beginning of of many more. Yep, thank you for having me. On. I'm now with a couple of sisters. We don't always have siblings going trips together, but when we do, it adds a new dynamic to the team. And so we have uh, Michaela and Bella with us. Uh, Michaela, this was not your first uh, mission trip. Uh, For Bella, it was. And so I want to ask you both, and I don't care who answers first, uh, what did you expect going into this trip, having never been to this area before? uh, whether you've been on a mission trip or not, what did you expect going into the trip and how did you come home with a different experience and what you expected?
6: I think for me, it was honestly a lot like what I expected. Um, I'd never been overseas before, so it was definitely a culture shock, but, um, just seeing the people and the way of life, I think was kind of surprising. And, uh, Just there were a few things like even the bathrooms and the streets and the way they drove. Those were the surprising things to me um, that I did not expect. But I think uh, seeing how the people interacted, how kind they were, um, that was honestly, I kind of expected it. But at the same time, actually seeing that was very refreshing and Mm. surprising.
1: Okay. Mm. Michaela?
3: Yeah, for me, I have been overseas several times. So I think I was a little bit more prepared for the culture shock, but I didn't really know what to expect for the specific area that we were in. And I agree with Bella. Like, we definitely experienced just so much hospitality and Hmm. kindness from the people there. Um, They just really welcomed us and just wanted to get to know us very intentionally. So I really appreciated that aspect to it.
1: Hmm. Well, Neither one of you guys have uh, an extended history in basketball, right? Yeah, you're, you're, no exactly. no coaching experience, which is what we were doing mostly. And so you guys fell into the category we love to describe as bleacher evangelist. Mm-hmm. And um, I have my thoughts, but I want your thoughts on what it was like leading up to the trip knowing that you were going to be part of a sports mission trip, a trip specifically that was using basketball as a ministry tool and not having that background or that area that being an area of expertise for you. how did how did you feel going into it? And then ultimately, how did you feel like you were able to serve even though you didn't carry with you that that area of expertise?
3: right, yeah. I think, I mean, that is something that I didn't know really what to expect. I knew to expect to not be able to really play basketball. That was definitely a thing. But I didn't really know what it would look like, like you said, to be um, like a sideline evangelist. I didn't know exactly what I would be doing. Um, So being there and being able to um, meet Especially kids. We met a lot of kids and were able to help with kids, which I've done a lot. So that was really encouraging to me to be somewhere in a place where I was more comfortable. I Mm -hmm. was more comfortable and, like, I know kids. I know how to play with them. I know how to – at least I can throw a basketball with them, you know. So we were able to do a lot of that. We were able to help more on the sidelines as well um, just with whatever the team needed, whatever the players needed. Um, So it was still – like, I felt like we had – a really great role there. Mm -hmm. It was just something that, again, I didn't know what to expect going into it.
1: Yeah. Bella being out of place from an athletic standpoint, how did that make you feel?
6: I think I went into it with a lot of, um, kind of fear, not knowing exactly how worthy I would be, how useful Hmm. I would be on the team. Um, but I think I was really proven wrong. Those fears were proven wrong. Um, even just talking to the little kids that we worked with um, and being able to really help out with whatever the team needed, like Michaela said, Uh, little things they would ask us to do, uh, just feeling like I was never not needed. That Mm. was something that stuck with me was that I was always able to find something to do. Mm -hmm. There was always someone who was alone, needed to be talked to, or, you know, a kid who was crying, you know, needed to be comforted or someone needed a water bottle. And I was able to do all those things.
1: Even manage time between stations. There was one night where we were working with some older uh, older youth and uh, high school kids, and uh, it was a lot of kids in a short amount of time. And we had to stay right on target. And I remember you being at our court saying, all right, hurry up, hurry up. We got, we only have three minutes yeah, left. Yeah, you guys could have kept going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> that's a beautiful picture to me of – every piece, every part of the body working and fulfilling its role and making the body and the unit better uh, because of that. Um, so I want to thank you for being willing to, to go, right, and, and to go to a new place and to go to um, step out in, in a, and, and be willing to be uncomfortable. Not only was there a culture shock, not only was this your first time out of the country, not only was this something unexpected, but you were also stepping out knowing that you weren't necessarily going to be operating in your gifting, which takes a lot of courage, and I want to commend you guys for that. Let me ask you this question, last thing. Uh, Now that we're home, now that you're back in the U.S., now that you're back in your uh, comfort zone, if you will, what that you experienced, saw God did in your life, in your heart, what makes you different now than you were two weeks ago?
3: Um I I think for me um we we were able to participate in a spiritual gifts test at one point um during I guess we could call it a leadership mm-hmm. seminar mm-hmm. and I I wasn't surprised with my top spiritual gift which is service but it was something that just kept coming back up during the time there mm-hmm. where I was able like I said I mean I was able to serve others I was able to help wherever needed um, but I think for me, it just really like, it hit me that I, I knew that my gifting was service. I already knew that was something that I'm good at, but it wasn't something that I've been doing with a very humble or willing heart. Mm. And so I think being back here, I've really been able to recognize how I can change that in my everyday life as mm. well. That's good. Of, it's, it's not because I. Um, have to because that's who I am like oh I'm a helper I'm a server like it's not because I have to but because I want to because Mm. of what the Lord is doing in my life so that was
6: very encouraging for
3: Mm. me
1: transition from a duty to a desire yeah exactly that's good that is really good Bella what about you
6: I think a lot of like what Michaela said with that specific time of spiritual gifts and um I had never taken a spiritual gifts test before So it was a very interesting experience, but just getting to connect with people on that level and see uh, their gifts as well, I think it's stuck with me now. Um, Also, just kind of thinking about how I acted on that trip. Is that how I'm going to act now in my day-to-day life? Am Mm -hmm. I going to carry on those lessons and those things God revealed to me? Am I going to change the way I act now back to... um, my lazy ways or my sinful ways or, cause I don't have to be on guard all the time mm. or will this stick with me? And will I continue to act the way I needed to act there? And I think it's been convicting and it's also exciting to have that conviction.
1: That's good. That's good. Thank you guys Thank you. Uh, for being willing to go. And again, stepping out of your comfort zone, not just to get on a plane and not just to go to a new place, but to go to a new place and do something that you're not comfortable with. Um, uh, there's a lot of a lot of courage in that, uh, a lot of trust and faith in that. And I want to commend you for that. Thank you guys for being a part of the team. Thanks
6: for
1: you. We're now here with Jordan. Um, Jordan. Yes. You've been on many trips before.
7: Yes, I have.
1: And you even have led trips. And you've been to this location. This was your fourth time to this location. So let me ask you this. Was there anything that stood out uh, from this trip that was different from the rest? Whether that was something that happened with the locals or something that happened with our team, the makeup of our team. Uh, Did you see anything different uh, maybe that that was significant in the life of this trip in comparison to other trips?
7: So I'm not sure if everybody noticed this or if this was just significant for me, but um, what was different in this trip was there was another American family mm. that was there that has not been there. that They just arrived in recent months, right. and um, they are working there with our partners long-term. Yeah, And so for me, that was significant in a lot of ways because we've— Sort of had similar experiences. We've been a young family in a foreign country for a a length of time, time. right? So just sort of coming alongside of them, um, spending some time with them and their um, sweet children was. I don't know. I I think I felt more. (laughs) This is such a gross word for me to say, but like the matriarch on this team. Oh, team there. mom yeah, were you the team mom we're there yeah. yeah um
1: no you said that about you you didn't i haven't said anything I think like that's that about, given me. about
7: you <laughs> um oh, let me note also that i'm still quite jet lagged so if if i'm not coherent it's not because i'm on any sort of substance um this is this is the raw me um after a trip so yeah i felt that i felt a little bit of kind of uh a role of mentoring more mm-hmm. on this trip than I have in, re- in past trips. There were more girls yeah. or uh, females on this trip than there have been. And I I, f- <laughs> I almost felt, I think I told you this a couple of times during the trip. I felt like I was sort of passing the baton mm-hmm. um, to the younger women. Not that I'm you know, ready to be put out to pasture, but not at all. My role has changed a little bit, I think. So that was different for me, and yeah. and also getting to spend time with this family that, that I connected with in a lot of ways uh, was different for me as well.
1: Okay, so we've been to the same place multiple times mm-hmm. through the years. Uh, this is just another one of those places. What would you say is the benefit of going to the same place again and again as opposed to hitting one place one time and going on to the next? A
7: relationship with the people there. Hmm. Um, I was talking with my dad about this yesterday, about um, I just in the last couple of days was reading one of Paul's letters Mm -hmm. to one of the churches and and was just sort of flipping through all of his letters and looking at kind of the beginnings of each of his letters just Mm -hmm. because it occurred to me for the first time, I think in thinking about this trip, how important it was for him to write back to the places that he had visited mm-hmm. and to keep that relationship going and how most of his letters were were encouragement to them not certainly they were instruction and he was um challenging them in a lot of, a lot of ways but in so many of them he writes about you know I wish I could come to you but I write so that you will know that I'm still praying for you, that I'm still thinking of you, Mm -hmm. I'm still remembering you. And um, several different times during the week while we're there, our local partners would say things like, you don't know how much this means to us. We look forward to you coming. We can't wait till you get here. You give us the inspiration and the motivation to keep going. And, you know, for us, that, like, that never occurs to me. I mean, we're, we're going there to do a job. Um, but for them, it's someone who's like-minded, who is not under the kind of persecution, um, you know, opposition that they are under most of the time, who is coming in and and sort of refreshing them. Yeah. Um, my, my friend there, who is uh, the wife of, of the guy that we work with, she and I have become pretty good friends and you know, she said on the last day she hugged me and she said, I just want you to know how much I love you and um just how how much it means when you come because I feel like I can keep going mm-hmm. and
1: And this is a local family. They're not they're not foreign nationals that have come to work there. Right. They are local. That's right.
7: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And and for to be friends with someone who, you know, English is not their first language and we don't live in the same culture and we're different ages. I'm I think I'm sort of an older sister figure for her as well. I don't know, I guess I, it's hard for me to imagine that I could be that much encouragement to somebody because mm. I don't feel like I am when I'm there. I don't right. you know, I'm I'm not thinking about that. But it just it just reminded me when I as I was right reading through Paul's letters that especially when it's hard to be a believer how much we need each other hmm. you know we it's pretty easy to be a believer here yeah and a lot of times I feel like I don't need that much encouragement I can you know I can get encouragement from reading the Bible on my own but when it's hard to be a believer they need all the encouragement they can get mm. and and we can do that for them and I, I that was just very humbling for me yeah
1: and and with that <clears throat> you know we think about reaching the people who don't know Jesus and we think about our team that goes and helping stimulate or helping them see what God's doing in their life during the right. week but you don't think about what happens really organically in the in the encouragement to our to our partners there because we don't think about we're coming to help them do their work we're not coming to help them necessarily right. and what you're saying is that's a natural byproduct of Serving alongside someone who doesn't have a lot of people serving alongside them.
7: Yeah, you know, and I think we, as especially as Americans, we're very task-oriented. Or, may, well, maybe it's just you and me, but <laughs> I, I tend to be very task-oriented. Let's get the thing done that mm-hmm. needs to be done. Let's get the you know the basketball clinics done. Let's move on to the next task. Mm-hmm. And really, in the kingdom, in kingdom work, it's it's relationship. I mean. Even in our relationship with God, it's it's about the relationship, not the task that we accomplish. Right. And it's the same way with God's people. We we need each other, you know, emotionally, mentally, even just our presence sometimes mm. does as much good as the work that we do together.
1: Mm-hmm. And that that makes any no, sense? No, it, it does. Me. Absolutely, to me, it does. But but I I have the benefit of having seen this many times over. I
7: guess it's hard for, like, it's, it's difficult for me because I'm not that, I don't feel like I'm that kind of person. Like I, I'm a very independent person. Um, and I feel like I don't need help from other people Mm -hmm. and, and maybe I'm really missing out on something because of that mentality that I have, that personality trait or whatever that I have. Um, and, I I had some conviction Mm -hmm. on this trip that sometimes I probably keep people at a distance, Mm. um, and which, you know, when I get run down, that's what we're supposed to be for, but I rely on myself so much that I don't reach out to other people. And Mm. I don't know, it just, uh, that was a lot. That was a lot that kind of has been swirling through my head after this trip.
1: Well, uh, Jordan, it is always a pleasure to see you. Um, you're the prettiest, uh, guest I've ever had on this podcast. You so. better say that.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh, thank you for being willing to go and serve. And uh, as you've said, encourage those just as we go go about our work. And what a lesson um, that is for. It was my
7: privilege. I, I feel like I didn't, I feel like I hardly did anything. I, I got the blessing way more than I blessed anybody else. And I
1: think that's a lesson for us here. Um, you know, if we're going about our business and going about, Just following Jesus in our day-to-day, what an encouragement and what an uplifting um, factor we can be in people's lives. We don't even know it. And we we look at numbers, and we want to see results, and we want to see specific programs and that kind of stuff when it it happens so organically, really, and relationally that uh, some of those things don't even matter.
7: Uh, The things you plan are rarely the things that actually make a difference.
1: Mm, That's good. That's good. I'm now here with Lee. Lee has been, uh, on a trip with us before, uh, to a different part of the world. Um, Lee, is was, uh, Lee, let's say this, Lee, you played, you played soccer in college. Yeah, soccer has been a large part of your background and you were going on a basketball trip. So let's deal with that first. What was it like to know you were going on a basketball first trip? Um, as a soccer player without, with limited experience in basketball.
2: Yeah, it was definitely, I knew it was going to be a challenge from the get go. I definitely um, was probably overthinking it a little bit at times. I am used to being um, a leader on the soccer field and one who has um, very good vision of the field, not just technical skills. And so Um going in, I knew I would be more of a background role or dealing with the basics, I would say. And so I was even like practicing shooting and dribbling just in case. Um before the
1: trip, you mean?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh just to just to make sure I didn't make a total fool of myself if I had to get out there. Um but I do remember the first day we were on the court. Um, I'm I'm definitely a helper and I like to serve. So it was the first time I kind of had to just take a step back and look around and just think, okay, where am I actually needed? Like, how can I help my team or help the players or the kids? And so it actually took um, a much different perspective than I'm used to to find out where I was needed. And it once I kind of just realized even just like, being a cone or (laughs) encouraging people. It made a huge difference. Um, and then once I think my teammates realized that I was willing to kind of do whatever it took, they would just kind of be like, Hey Lee, can you grab this, do this, do that? And so, um, yeah, I was just kind of getting past the first day of figuring out where I kind of fit in with that.
1: Hmm. So how do you, how do you feel like you you fit in? What, what ended up being your role on the team?
2: Um, A lot of times it was doing the little things that allowed my friends to coach the kids who were really invested in paying attention, whether that was getting a distracted kid to come back in line or chasing down other kids that were halfway across the court. Um, Maybe it was helping a kid pass who didn't have a partner. So I just feel like I kind of filled in so that um, my team could do their job better. That makes yeah.
1: sense. You mentioned, uh, and, and for those of you listening, I always have, uh, the folks that go with us on projects, write a short report, uh, after the trip. And I say short, sometimes it's a paragraph, sometimes it's five pages, depending on, <laughs> uh, how, uh, verbally, um, skilled the person is and how much they want to share. Uh, but in your report, you, you talked about the first night that we were there, uh, in our city, uh, mm-hmm. we were there at and they run a a soccer academy our partners run a soccer, soccer academy four nights a week and so our first night there was one of those soccer academy nights and you got to play with the older girls uh teenagers uh mm-hmm. early, early high school age girls and um you just flat wore them out uh <laughs> but and i just say that for everybody listening just to know what kind of what kind of player we're talking about here but um you you mentioned the fact that in that moment you felt totally at home Mm -hmm. right you were in your you were operating in your gifting you were operating in your familiar area um and you you felt comfortable building relationships with those girls during that time but that was the last time that you played soccer that week Mm -hmm. so talk about the transition from or or because a lot of what we do with the podcast is we try to, we try to paint pictures of people stepping out of their comfort zone, right? Stepping out uh, of the boat, if you will, and doing something they've never done before, uh, with God's help, obviously, uh, and impacting the kingdom in new ways. And so, the soccer was kind of an old way for you. In fact, the trip you've been on before, you you were leading soccer clinics for us, uh, so you were right in your sweet spot. Um. But then talk about the transition from that first first night to the rest of the week when you weren't necessarily in your sweet spot.
2: Yeah, I, um, I haven't played soccer for probably a year and a half because of some injuries. So when I got out on the pitch that night, I was so excited. And um, the girls were good. Like, they were fun to play with. And, um, I mean, I scored a goal, had an assist. I was just, you know – having the best time with them. Um really, like you said, formed a bond with them. And so, if you will, like felt like I was on a very sports high. Um and so the next day moving into basketball, I mean, it's like God couldn't have orchestrated it better. It's like, you know, thinking you're on top with your skills and your pride and um feeling like you're so good at what you do. And then he'll humble you just like that and um it was it was a challenge for me to get out of my flesh and realize this trip isn't even about me or Mm. my skills with soccer or what I can offer in soccer it was about coming alongside my entire team and working with them um to you know coach and also better the kingdom and so it it was a difficult 24 to 48 hours of wrestling internally
1: with that Hmm. well i think about that and you you mentioned your pride and uh you started in a position where you could have felt very prideful you felt very sure of yourself on the soccer pitch uh not the field the soccer pitch um but that transition you go from a a high really to oh my goodness what am i doing the next day in the gym (laughs) to the end of the week, you led our last devotion that we had together. And I don't know if that was part of the transition. If it was, I'd love to hear it, but you led your devotion, you led our team devotion and you talked about selfishness versus selflessness and, and the need and, and the uh, effectiveness of humility in, in God's work. But did, did the beginning of the week have anything to do with the end of the week?
2: Oh, 100%. I, I, I knew coming in that I might have to lead a devotion. And I was like, Hmm, wonder what I'll talk about. And kind of like had some ideas. Like we talk about identity in sports and things like that. But yeah, by the end of the week, I knew I had to speak about selfishness. Cause that's kind of what was on my heart from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, even coming off of playing soccer, I remember looking like, where's everybody else? Did they see my goal? Like, where were they? <laughs> and y'all were all on the basketball court. And I was like, man, and it was another moment where I was like, I am not here to be praised. I'm mm-hmm. here to praise God. And it's just like, if you don't catch yourself in those little moments, it just builds upon itself where you don't even recognize it. So I'm just grateful that I was surrounded by people who kind of, they bring out the best in me and hold me accountable and allow me to see when I fail in those moments and how to kind of, you know, fix them, I guess, in yeah. the
1: moment. Yeah. Well, last question. Uh, how is Lee now that you've been home for 24, 48 hours, how is Lee different now than you were before you left?
2: That's a great question. Um, I learned on the trip. It's crazy. I met most of the people I met on the trip. I met 10 days ago. They're strangers, Yeah, even the people that we met in the Middle East. And yet I felt closer to the group I was with and the volunteers we were working with than the community I'd surrounded myself where I've been living. And so mm. that was a huge wake-up call for me, um, the common denominator being Christ. And so I'm just really looking forward to finding a better community that um, supports me and loves me and holds me accountable. Like, like on our trip.
1: Mm, that's good. That's a lesson for all of us, Lee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you uh, for being willing to be uncomfortable uh, for a, a a girl who has, uh, has had an impressive soccer career. And that's been such a part of your life to say, yeah, I'll go, but I don't know if I'll play soccer at all. You know, and and to know that you're probably gonna be in a in a service role and um, someone who is not gonna be in the forefront. I'd be willing to be a part of that anyway. Says a lot about you and I wanna I wanna thank you for for being willing to be uncomfortable and to go.
2: Oh, I would do it in a heartbeat all over again. (laughs) Thanks, Lou. Thanks.
1: I'm now here with Bryson. Uh, Bryson has been on a couple of trips with us already. Uh, In fact, Bryson, you went with us on this very trip last summer. So my first question to you is, um, let me lead into it this way. Several people have asked me since I've been home, uh, how's the trip? And I've kind of settled in on this phrase, and I want you to kind of expand on this. But I said, it's amazing how the same trip to the same place, working with the same people, can end up being so different. And I don't know if that's how you feel about this trip, but I, I want to know what you think, what you saw, what you experienced that was different than either last summer when you were there or maybe previous trips you've done with us.
8: Yeah, I, I 100% agree on that. I think what made this trip so different is from my first trip, when we went, we we had a camp in the morning, camp at night. We didn't have very much downtime. There's a lot of basketball, which which I love. Um, but there wasn't much downtime to spend with, um, the people that we got to, you know, ha- make friends with, right. um, through that first week. And so what was so different about this trip is we had some cancellations, schedule change. We didn't do as much basketball as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed that. We spent way more time with all the friends that I made last year and that, you know, people went last year made, Um, we actually got to have downtime and fellowship and spend time with those guys, uh, which I think made the trip really special because we weren't so, you know, rushed and crowded at basketball. We just got to have downtime with, with those, with those people. Yeah. So that was pretty different.
1: What is, uh, one thing you experienced for the first time on this, I guess, being your third trip?
8: So something that I definitely experienced the first time that I got to go to the Middle East um, was the the culture and, you know, how they live their lives and, and what it, what, what it looks like day to day. And this time it was a little bit of the same, but I'd say it was deeper. So it wasn't something that I'd say I experienced for the first time, but it was something that grew from last time to this time was I got to again, since I got to spend time with the people more. And my friends, I got to even experience more of their culture and more of um, how their lives are. And it made me connect to them better because, you know, I realized that they have a different life, but we're all the same. Um, yeah. And once you get down to the basics yeah. of it and just talking and having friends with those guys, um, I just kind of experienced that it doesn't really matter where you are in the world. We're all um, the same.
1: Yeah. Uh, you are in the process of navigating through a potential call to ministry. Yeah. And um, you're not exactly what sure what, what that looks like exactly mm. um, where God ultimately is going to uh, have you or place you. Um, maybe it has something to do with missions. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. But I, I want to yeah. ask you this question because of where you are specifically. How has your time, how did this trip, this experience uh, weave into your progress in following God's call in your life?
8: Something that I definitely learned on this trip, which is which is one of the hardest things for me to do, especially in my time, in my place, in my life right now, is because, like you said, I do feel this this call to ministry, and I don't know if it's you know missions or what aspect of it is yet. But you know, some things definitely have been happening leading up to this trip that were showing me like this is going to be an important trip. It's is going to be something that I'm always going to remember, and it definitely was. But I, I've I've learned recently that like everything doesn't like stuff that has to always be happening for me to be where God calls me. Like hmm. sometimes I feel like if I'm in a place where God wants me to be, but there's not much happening, like I'm not, you know, doing this or doing that or, um, just moving, then I'm wrong. Hmm. But I've realized that if I'm where God calls me, sometimes it's okay to just be still and things don't have to always be happening. Hmm. Like, um, if you think, if you're where the, where God calls you and, You're resting, like that's something he also wants us to do is rest. And so for me, I've always been a person like, I do this, gotta do this. If I'm not doing this, then I'm wrong. And so I've really been learning to, like, if you're where the Lord's calling you to be, he's gonna get you where he wants you to be. And sometimes you just have to rest. Like, it's not about you doing all this to get where you need to be. God's gonna place you where he wants you. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's just resting.
1: That's good. That's good. Uh, one last thought, uh, from the trip, uh, what do you think our presence there having been there twice and as you yeah. have have already said getting to know uh the locals the nationals there our national partners there yeah. getting to know them better what what would you say that our repeated return to to their their city their country their culture and yeah. to work with them what do you think that does for them what have you seen
8: i I'll, I'll say two maybe three things one is I've seen that when we come back, it's it almost gives everybody there that is that actually lives there. It gives them an energy mm-hmm. because they know that we we see them. They're our brothers and our sisters, and so repeatedly coming back and being willing to just say yes and go. Um, I think it shows them that you know we're in this all together, even though you're you know on the other side of the world or wherever you are. Like we're we're there for you, and just making a trip there um, to be with them. I think is very important for, for them. It just fills them. And I see, other thing I was going to say is, um, even for, even for us, but especially for them, when we go and are able to pour into them and fill them, um, I think it just starts them again. And like, they remember that we have people as this on our side. We have people that has our back and like, we're yes. all in this together.
1: That's good. Bryson. Um, I just, I know what God's doing in your life and just listening to you talk. It's obvious. Um, uh, it's easy to see your your growth and your maturity, and I'm excited uh, to see what God continues to do in your life. Thanks for being willing to go and, uh, and serve in unusual circumstances.
8: Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Bryce. Next, we have Kelsey. Kelsey was on her first trip with us and first trip overseas uh, for Mission Project. And uh, Kelsey played basketball in college, is a coach now, Uh, actually coaches guys and girls. Uh, So she gets as much of it as she wants. And um, judging from her level of energy and excitement during the clinics, uh, that's a pretty high level of what she, uh, a a pretty large amount of basketball is what she consumes each day. So um, Kelsey, first of all, thank you for being willing to go um, and do something you've never done before. Uh, even though you were operating in the midst of your gifting, it was still probably a little uncomfortable. So that leads me to my first question. I want to know, this being your first trip, first time to this region of the world, um, what were you sort of expecting? Because I know that you can probably say, well, I, I didn't know what to expect. But you still were probably expecting something, anticipating encountering something or liking something or not liking something. So what were you expecting going into this trip? And then how were those expectations either met or changed as you went through uh, our time there?
9: Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for inviting me on this trip. Um, it was an experience that I can't I still can't put words to. Um, yeah. I'm still processing a lot and still writing out, you know, a lot of different um wisdom that I've learned while I was over there, different emotions and different interactions, just still processing everything. So the trip as a whole was just, um, it was incredible um, and unexpected and in certain ways. So uh, in, in lieu to your question, I would say um, what I was expecting going over there. Uh, like you said, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations because I wasn't really sure what we, what it was going to entail, what our agenda would entail. But Um, I think what I was expecting was a little in the beginning, um, focusing more on, uh, like the basketball skill, which we, Mm -hmm. we did, we absolutely did that. But, um, I think what I began to realize more and more as the days went on was just how God utilizes activity and sports Mm -hmm. to truly connect people. And I just love that because, you know, as you know, I have my own coaching thing here in the United States. And that was the whole mission and purpose of, of, of that and starting in the first place. And so just seeing this happen, you know, globally, worldwide across the, <laughs> across the globe, um, was just so cool to see. It's so cool to witness, to be a part of. Um, so just understanding, um, our purpose, over, you know, where we were was, um, something that slowly started to, to open my eyes to. Um, and once I understood that it completely changed kind of my perspective of what we were doing and how we were doing it. Um, and not necessarily expecting to see fruit happen right away, even though in some instances we did, uh, but also just trusting and believing that, you know, through the game of basketball, small doors large doors were were open um for future relationships and future um advancement of the kingdom in ways that we might not even see and so that was just i think that you know my expectations were superseded um in that regard and it was just it was a blessing to be a part of
1: hmm. what was something unexpected that happened something you encountered you did not see coming and that could have been something literal or something inside.
9: Yeah. Um, so I think two things. The very first night that we were we were there kind of settled. Um, the very first, I guess I said night, but the very first morning when we were finally settled, um, I kind of went out onto our, our porch and just had a simple prayer. And as a part of that prayer, it was one that I wanted, you know, God to utilize me, utilize us as his instrument to, to spread his, his love and his grace and truth. But I also asked him to just completely wreck me and wreck my heart and totally, um, break me down. And, um, I guess I can't say it was unexpected since I prayed for it. (laughs) Um, but the ways in which he did that, um, that was unexpected. And it was overwhelming in a very good way. I mean, the spirit was just so overwhelming in me um, that it was a lot. Again, that's why I'm still processing a lot of that I encountered while I was there. So I would say that that is one um, that was personal. Um, But then two was Saturday night when we were with the group and um, we just had this genuine, authentic moment where the Holy Spirit just took over the room. And his presence was just so undeniable. Um, and we were sitting there, and um, we we prayed over each other. We were asking, you know, each other where where we were in our walk with Jesus, and um, praying for you know that redemption, praying for us to you know, just grow in our relationship and just praying over the people who are, you know, our mission partners, um, while they're there and just trying to give them fuel, um, to, to fill up on, I think that that night was, um, undescribable, Mm. um, something that I did not see coming because it was not planned. It wasn't in the agenda for the night. We were just going to go over our spiritual gifts, um, and so just being a part of something that was genuine and authentic um, and just letting God do his work in a way that none of us expected and speak through Landon in a way that none of us predicted was just so astonishing. And, and just um, it was powerful. So powerful.
1: I completely agree. And so do a lot of the other guys on the team, because that's something that keeps coming up with each with each person. So yeah. let me ask you this uh, last question um and i know you and i feel like you know me uh and we can continue to talk and probably will at some point with your uh your work you're doing there in indiana but um uh let me ask you this question kelsey that went that got on the plane and met us in atlanta versus the kelsey that left us in atlanta to fly back home to indiana what's different
9: i think Um, you know, I have the idea and I'll I'll go to the basketball side of what I'm doing first. Like the idea of anchor basketball was to, or is to, and always has been to, um, you know, reach others in their life and faith through the game of basketball and that's always and, been- and
1: just just so our listeners know anchor basketball is your organization there in India. Yes.
9: yes. Okay. Sorry. Um but that's always been the foundation and the reason for, you know, starting Anchor Basketball um is utilizing that sport and impacting, you know, kids, young athletes off the court just as much as on the court, but right. then also pulling in that faith element in a way and um I think one thing being different is I had my I started to lose sight of that a little bit mm. um, just because of the busyness of yeah. our lives and um, the lack of focus there. And I kind of stopped maybe believing in in what God can do through it. Mm. And so going and seeing, um, you know, our mission partners essentially living out the exact vision that I imagine with anchor basketball on such a grander scale um, really started to speak to me. And I just felt like um, this was one way that God is telling me, um, you know, pushing me to to figure out or to be open to, you know, what he wants to do. Um, with what what's going on here with Anchor Basketball and whether that's, you know, local or global or whatever, you know, I just think that he's starting to to push me forward a little bit more and to also reflect back on the whole reason of the company mm-hmm. and um, keep that mission at the center and keep him at the center of it. And so I think just reestablishing that foundation um, is a big one. I I also walked away from there with, you know, this knowledge was already, I already had it, but I don't know if I truly lived it out before, or maybe I just lost sight of it. But if we all are truly living with the same goal or the same foundation in mind, at least us brothers and sisters in Christ, right, we have this goal or this, this foundation of living our life for Jesus and loving him then we should be able to put all things aside um, that our differences are in and love Mm -hmm. each other and build each other up and hold each other accountable um, and to live in sync in one way, at least, you know, and not let society of competition and success um, really drive people apart. And so just reflecting on what that means and what that looks like in our world here um, is, has been something that's been on my mind recently Mm -hmm. too.
1: That's good. Kelsey, thanks again for, uh, being willing to go, uh, step out on faith and do something you've never done before. And I hope it's not too far in the future, uh, that you go back.
9: Absolutely. I am looking forward to the next time that I'm able to go back.
1: So we say all that to say this, God can use anyone to do anything. He wants to use you He wants to use your gifts and your passions to do something in and through you that you would not believe even if he told you beforehand. You heard that from our team on this episode. Frank stories of uncertainty, uh, fear, feelings of unworthiness, and God using our team anyway. Our team would tell you that there is nothing special about them. They were just willing to step out and be used by God and let him do the rest. My question for you, are you willing to do the same? It may not be overseas. It may not be in a foreign context, but are you willing to step out and let God use you? As a reminder, we will release this podcast on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, you can go back and check out episode one to learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, what we do, but more importantly, why we do it. If you'd like to hear more from us, we are now sending out a weekly email devotional called Thoughts from Outside the Boat. If you'd like to sign up to get those weekly, you can go to utterlyamazed.com and sign up right there on the homepage. To find out more about the ministry itself, you can go to impactsportsonline.org, or you can also follow us on social media. At Impact Sports INT on Instagram and Impact Sports International on Facebook. We'll see you next time on I Say All That to Say This.